Welcome to the Code Locker, the Code Locker, where the hosts and guests will discuss real aspects of code enforcement from the locker room without bias. We'll talk about inspections, safety, community relations, debrief cases, and much more. This is for entertainment purposes only. The views expressed on this podcast reflect the opinions of the hosts and guests. They do not reflect the opinion of any department or entity. Now, grab a chair and your beverage of choice. Here are your hosts, Justin and Shane. Let's get the party started. What's going on? You have music? Um, the intro has music. We don't yeah, have you just music like right let here. us down right off the bat. That's fine. I mean, we can figure Do something out. Do we have out. music? We Introducing need... Jamie Zeller. Yeah, we need <laughs> some so like... we have a guest today, you guys. <laughs> yeah. This is perfect. <laughs> so, uh, newly promoted supervisor, correct? That ding, is ding, correct. Ding, correct. And um, also the current president of the KCO Foundation. <gasps> Boom. Except it's not a foundation. Correct. It's an association <laughs> with yeah. lots of members. With lots of members. There's a lot. So. And yeah, and I think Colorado is called the same. So this is the California one, yeah, not the Colorado yeah. one. So the OG, just to, just to decipher for people. So what is going on, Jamie? Nothing much. Thank you for having me on. This is pretty cool. Uh, I'm I'm looking forward to talking to you guys and and seeing what's going on. We just drew names out of a hat. Yes, I'm so <laughs> full, and it. Uh, behind my name on the piece of paper should say the number 13 because that's my lucky number. No, well, there you go. It did. So they it, it match made in heaven. Yeah. Kismet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so Jamie, um, I know Justin likes to start things off. You know, I'm going to ask this time, why code enforcement or like what led you that way? Did you have prior experience? Just, you know, give a snapshot of how you ended up in code enforcement. Because my experience is a lot of people don't know about it, never chose this profession right off the bat. It's something always led them that way. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I was uh, in law enforcement for about 23 years. So I was a 911 dispatcher with the police and fire department in Escondido. And uh, got tired of the hours, honestly. Loved the job. It was fantastic. Um, I missed it sometimes because it was uh, it was always busy. Mm-hmm. Something every day, but it was mainly the hours where I wanted to look into something else, but I wanted to find something that, um, I could actually make some type of a difference uh, as, uh, as corny as it sounds. I know people say this all the time, but really making a difference in the community and seeing something uh, tangible in front of you change. So that's, yeah. uh, got involved. Yeah, I don't think it's corny. I mean, me and Justin have had this conversation. I've talked to a lot of people. I, I feel like that's the underlying thing for everybody is they feel like they have an ability to make some sort of impact in whatever community, whether it's they're coming from law enforcement, dispatch, firefighter, whatever, that they feel like code enforcement gives them that opportunity and the platform to do that. So that's awesome. Yeah, it really what, did. What were your hours at dispatch like? Mandatory <laughs> overtime? <laughs> Mandatory, mandatory. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Sometimes it could be, you know, 14 hour shifts. So our, our regular hours were, you know, 12 hours. We could be 14, 16, depending on somebody called in sick, um, depending on how busy it was in dispatch. It just all, you know, varied. 
uh, nights, holidays, weekends. I wanted something more on a normal basis. And I think I got more abnormal. (laughs) (laughs) As it went on. As it went on. But I love code enforcement so much. So your hours now, like we talked about and we said in the beginning, your new supervisor set hours in much better schedule and this position, I guess, compared to where you were before. 410s, 980s. What do you guys run in there? Oh, we run 980s. And that's pretty much what I've had since I started. Um, I started with Escondido and then I went to Poway and now the city of Carlsbad. So yeah, it's they've been 980s across the board. All right. That's a good shift. That's a good mix. Yeah, it's not bad. Yeah. It's all right. It's all right. Yeah. The four yeah, four tens are the sweet spot. Is That's so- uh, I I've done the 980 ones. I will never sign up for a 58, but uh I've uh I've realized after all the the cities I've worked for that beside right behind salary a 410 schedule is mandatory for me to accept. Interesting. But just yeah. to have that 3 day like 3 full days just to, you know, kind of decompress, you know, separate from work, kind of revive yourself and then get back to it. Uh, the 980 is not terrible, but I definitely enjoy the three days off every single weekend. Yeah, that's a that's a deal breaker for Justin. It is. If, if it's not four tens, he's not he's not taking it. I would work at three twelve if you gave it to me. No way. What? Yeah, see, guaranteed. This no, is what no. I try to talk to him about. I'm like you're out of your mind. Yeah. No, too much. I like being home. You know, my work is my work. It doesn't define me. I like to do a lot of other things. So I like to go home and have like normal nighttime life. But then you get more days off. Yeah, but I don't know. Imagine I, working I, a 220. Oh. <laughs> I, I, Are you in Sweden? Is that what they do in Sweden? I think that's yeah, what he's they do. European schedule of where with, he's at. With four lunch breaks. Yeah, four lunch breaks. Yes, does. Time off for everything. Justin's got a maid. He's got the schedule. Yeah, he's like 220s. Here we go. I'm going to Europe, guys. I'm out of here. (laughs) Starting code enforcement in Sweden. Right. That'd be fun. (laughs) So how's it uh, at the home of Casio? That's a big, that's a big task. And uh, I've been on the board a few times. uh, So I I know a little bit, but it's nothing like the e-board and uh, with uh, I believe, what is it, over 1,600 plus members um, and hundreds and hundreds that show up to the conference every year. It's it's quite the undertaking. How's that going? It's going really well. Um, I've got a fantastic uh, group of professionals that are on the board, um, all very dedicated people trying to do you know what's best for the members. And it's been quite a ride since uh, I took the... Um, position as president in October. Uh, I, I'm just really enjoying myself. It's so fantastic to be a part of um, changing things and making partnerships with people. And uh, I really am just enjoying it. That's awesome. Do you have uh, anything that is on the horizon that are, are goals of yours that you want to uh, to bring to California? You took my question. I was going to say, where is the organization <laughs> headed? Thanks, Justin. Uh, that's phrased better. So I'm going to go ahead and let that come from Shane. Okay. Where is Casey headed? I think that we've made uh, a lot of progress um, over the past six months with, like I said before, with partnerships. 
um, really trying to reach out to different different organizations, different um, different companies, just to broaden our members' horizons and not keep it status quo. <clears throat> I don't want things to be boring. And the board doesn't want things to be boring for people. So we're bringing in um, new education, new speakers, um, working really hard um, legislatively. Um, obviously, since SB 296 passed, um, we've just been trying to, you know, work through that and work through various uh, officer safety options for our members and, and trying to get people the tools that they need. So uh, I'm just excited. The partnerships that we're, we're creating and we have created uh, have been phenomenal. We've been working with the um, Department of Homeland Security with the Blue Campaign for Human Trafficking. So that's been a different avenue that I know Code Enforcement kind of touched on beforehand, like with massage parlor inspections. Yeah. And, um, and obviously with the Officer Safety Foundation uh, and being supportive of that. Um, and yeah, just just trying to really branch out in different ways. Where uh, one of my passions <clears throat> has been mental health um, and making sure that our officers get that help um, that they you know potentially need, whether it's the stress from work, stress from family, stress from anything in life. But to be able to deal with that mental health aspect, too, is really important to officer safety as well. That's good to hear because... Uh... Jess and I have talked about this before about the work-life balance and just feeling stressed from the job, being able to decompress, whatever it is, go home, go fishing, go to a sporting event, whatever it is you do, do nothing, sit on the couch and watch TV. And you have to have that place where you're able to do that or that event where you can process your day, decompress and evaluate yourself. Really. I, I feel like a lot of code enforcement officers, in my opinion, um, don't take the time to evaluate what's going on in their own life. Cause we're so focused on community and everything else that we put our own health, you know, to the wayside, so to speak. So I'm glad to hear that. That's a focus of yours. Yeah, absolutely. We've, we partnered with the resiliency project and, um, what they are providing, um, code enforcement officers and not even just strictly members of KCO, but anyone who's in the code enforcement profession, um, nationwide. Um, to be able to call in and talk to um, mental health professionals um, and and get resources um, all for free of charge. So it's mm. it's really 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 important um, for these people uh, to be able to reach out and and to ask for help and to not be shunned or um, afraid of asking for that help. It's really good. Uh, I think we need to to focus on that. I uh, know Shane and I like to touch base sometimes about our our group on social media that uh, continues to grow for the profession that how people uh, post things and kind of decompress and laugh and try to uh, sympathize with each other. And I noticed uh, recently a lot of posts about people enjoying their time off, uh, yeah. having a beer, barbecuing, like Shane said, fishing um, just, it's great to, to share stories with colleagues and realize, Hey, you know, it's, it's a job, but, it doesn't define our lives. Mm. No, it does not define any of us. It is absolutely a career. And, you know, uh, we put our hearts and our souls into it, but mm -hmm. you know, at the end of the day, it's our family and our friends that, um, that should be coming before that. And, you know, making sure that you're taking care of yourself and, and doing things that you like to do. So with that, what do you like to do? What's, uh, what's your separation from 
the 40 hour work week? Uh, goodness. Uh, I like to spend time with my fiance. I like to spend time with my son who's 14 years old going on 40 and nice. can probably, <laughs> yeah. And you could probably rewire your entire house and rebuild your car from scratch. Oh, cool. <laughs> um, I love to cook. Uh, I've, I write for a couple different newspapers here in San Diego County. Um, I have an article called On the Menu and just uh, all my different recipes that I like to make for my family and my friends. Uh, and uh, I really enjoy singing. So, yeah, I just try to try to do things that de-stress. I'm very, very creative, which is why in the past with Casio, I've been involved with um, uh, the conference. I like yeah. putting events together and whatnot. So it's 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 fun. What's your favorite meal to make? Cause I love eating. <laughs> uh, I love making spaghetti. Mm, all right. Spaghetti. Have, spaghetti. That's good. My uh, kids actually made dinner for us tonight. So they just did a, well, they do some pasta, some butter noodles and that's it. And it was, it was delicious. A little pepper. They put a little chicken on it. I was like, all right, this is awesome. doesn't oh. have to be complicated. No, it doesn't. Yeah, no. my, my spaghetti sauce takes all day long. So okay. Well, that sounds complicated because I can't cook at all. But like once again, I can eat everything in the house. <laughs> yeah, spaghetti sauce isn't hard. It's just um it has to go on the stove at like eight o'clock in the morning. And then wow. it it can't come off until at least three or four in the afternoon, but you gotta stir it like every half hour. Holy smokes. <laughs> <laughs> We'll stick to Chef Boyardee. Yeah, that's good. I mean, ragu that's probably thing. works. I'm not fired up. Nope, I'm done. Where's the leave button on this thing? <laughs> it's in red down at the nose. Um, yeah. And you're so, busy. Yeah, you're very busy. busy. I am busy. Um, I like to keep myself busy. Uh, I feel like it's important to um, do things that with the, in the community and um, you know, really be a part of things. You only get one life to live. So I think it's important mm, just to very true. Yep. You know, give it your all and and just keep going. Mm -hmm. And you said you like to sing. So you prefer singing over dancing. Me and Justin have this debate quite a bit. So I, oh, I tell I tell them you, you have to be able to do one or the other, at least a little better than the other. Oh, I suck at dancing. I can tell you okay. story. <laughs> Let's do it. Let's hear it. Go. So <laughs> I was in something called dancing with our stars for the city of Escondido a few years ago. And it's where they um, match up um, politicians or I, they call um, us D-list celebrities <laughs> 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 with professional dancers. And you work with them for about six months, just like on dancing with our stars mm -hmm. uh, or dancing with the stars. And uh, they, you, you learn two dances and then you perform at the center for the arts here in town. And I am so bad. They, I think they just felt bad for me. They were giving the awards out at the end and I got an award. Do you know what it was? Participation. <laughs> yeah. Try harder. I don't know. Oh, oh even better. It was First. called <laughs> most heart. <laughs> wow. <laughs> that, right. That's like, it, they clap, like good for you. Look at right. you do it. Yeah, that's perfect. Perfect participation. Oh, trip. man. That's even better than that. Right. I Display I was that with pride. I would. I put that right next to my Casio certs. Yes. Right. Like, hey, check this out. Talking piece. Yep. Oh, that's my great. goodness. Yeah, it was fun. 
That's, that's good. Yeah, that's a cool thing they did. Uh, so Shane, you want to key up the music? She said she's a singer, so we already lined up some uh, some tracks. Okay, no, so let's go ahead and get going. We got karaoke tonight. Okay. <laughs> oh my god! Put her on the spot like that. That'd be great. Right? What's What's the first track we got lined up? The first one is uh, "Ice Ice Baby" by uh, Vanilla Ice. So all right, stop. Stop. <laughs> Listen. Ice oh, or, or Baby Shark. Yeah, not yeah, doing even that. better. <laughs> yeah, I'm not rapping for you, but That's I can okay. do it. <laughs> That's great. I came in like a wrecking ball. Oh no! <laughs> oh, that was beautiful, Justin. I tried. You, <laughs> you showed. Should... You showed the most heart. Most heart, absolutely. When do I get my trophy? I'm gonna send you one. Thank oh. you. That's that's what I live by is those trophies. Right. Here we go. I have to have those. Metal. <laughs> so uh, to go back a little bit away from the KCO stuff, you talked a little bit. You worked at Escondido, and I believe Poway is what you said. Yes. And now you have or is the new it title. Oh, no, I'm no, sure people call it that. Wow. Say it again. Say it. <laughs> no, he can't do it. He's like, he can't even say it. He's either Poway. Poway. I don't know. It's it's bad though. That's hilarious. <laughs> I don't think they're gonna hire me. <laughs> Not if you keep doing that. Nope. And and they don't work four tens, so you're out anyways. You're totally out. Yeah. And you can see their name right, and the schedule doesn't. Now I'm gonna definitely need that trophy to feel better. Yes. Oh so, and out of those three places you worked, I mean, it, big differences. Is the job essentially the same? I mean, in your opinion, what were some challenges you faced, or maybe didn't face, or after your probationary period, you realized like, hey, this is kind of the same job. They just have their own way of doing it. Oh wow, it's been really interesting. Uh, being at three different places um, to see the differences. And uh, I can tell you from Escondido, I learned so much um, and I worked with really great people um, when I started there and they made it fun. We we had a great time, Uh, but it was a lot of, uh, it was, it it was a lot of substandard housing. It was a lot of uh, admin sites it was a lot of uh, health and safety type inspections, okay. uh, building type inspections where it was a great foundation for me to be able to, um, you know, go to a different city. And when I went to Poway, <clears throat> it was, oh my gosh, such a huge learning, uh, learning curve and learning experience, which I think really prepped me for, for Carl's bad. Uh, and, and this position here that I have now, um, Poway is really focused on, um, the environment and stormwater um, on grading cases, uh, on planning cases. And it was so great because we got to work alongside the planners and the um, building inspectors so much more and the engineers being able to learn things. And they really included us uh, in that learning process and decision-making process. Um, we also managed the vegetation management program. So we were in charge of sending over 2000 notices to uh, property owners throughout wow. the city of Poway. Yeah. To be able to mitigate that, um, that uh, fire space. So I was very thankful to have a great partner at Poway to teach me that. So props to you, Daniel, when you listen to this. Hey, shout out um, Daniel. 
wherever you are. Shout out. <laughs> He's a supervisor at Solana Beach now for code. Okay. Right. Wow. Yeah. Howie's really uh, up. kicking yeah. out the supervisors. Yeah. No, it really is. It makes you very well-rounded. Uh, it's a it's a great place to work. Amazing people. Uh, I I was sad to leave, but this was a really great opportunity to to come to Carlsbad. My experience coming from where I worked before to where I am now, um, kind of like that. We had one big difference is we had a rental inspection program in my previous city, and that in itself is a huge undertaking. You know, you have your own supervisor, you own you know admin staff, everything. Right. Um, so it's that's a lot, and then yeah, this city i'm at now much more kind of like you were saying with escondido a little more admin site um i guess how do i want to word it like directed that way like that's the the, the big i don't want to say enforcement tool but that's the, the big way we get compliances through admin sites at that city where before that wasn't always the case when right. i worked at a different city so it is different you know i was just curious how it is coming from your experience with three different cities and now at a supervisor level you kind of get the whole package i'm assuming yes and carlsbad's been fantastic it's only been six weeks (laughs) i can tell you that i uh i have a great team of amazing people that i get to work with every day um and it's it's been a great time and it's such a beautiful city with um, you can't go wrong working there right no Mm. really can't but honestly it's it's about the people um, that you're working with, it makes such a huge difference. You're at work for so many hours during the day. Um, and I can tell you that we just have really good, caring people there. Did we just all three agree to go I don't know. quiet? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what happened. I'm like, Bueller? Did it like, I thought it like timed out or something? No one. No one. That's it. No one. No one. Bueller. Bueller. No one. One question uh, that I had I, I might also be on Shane's list, but with with your background uh, and the profession, and and also now with KCO too, um, kind of wanted to get your take on you know women in this profession, and I think that's a growing subject. It's a growing topic, and um, I've been fortunate that pretty much every city I've worked at. Uh, our team has been predominantly uh, women on the code enforcement team across multiple cities that I've worked at. But what's your what's your views on that? Where where we've come from, kind of what you're seeing on your uh, level and going forward uh, with uh, women uh, leaders and and this profession. Oh, that's a great question. Um, I can tell you that uh, I when I started, uh, there was one female code officer, and I think there were eight. Uh, male officers at the time. Uh, so I was only a second one coming in. <clears throat> so after she left, I was the only one. Mm. Uh, and, you know, it is a different dynamic. Um, you know, uh, I think that I was used to it prior to that for working with, uh, working with the police officers at the, uh, at the police department. Uh, but in dispatch too, it's predominantly female. So <clears throat> it, it's a, uh, it's definitely a female-dominated profession as a, as an I one dispatcher. I, I think that just being able to acclimate um, and be able to make sure that you have a voice um, and come across, uh, you know, as someone who is 
professional and someone who can hold their own. Um, it's, it's really interesting because there are people who, uh, you know, work with you and don't think that you can think you can do the job. And sometimes you kind of have to prove yourself a little bit more, which is unfortunate, but I found that over the past few years, it it's, it's lessened. I don't think that mentality is, is really there so much anymore. I think that old school mentality, I like to say, or the, uh, you know, pardon me for the expression, the good old boys club has lessened. You mean the idiots? <clears throat> yes. Well, yes. Called out is if you think <laughs> like that, you're a dumb, dumb. Yeah. If you're, uh, you know, think that someone just because of gender is unable to do the same job as you, you're an idiot. No, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, it, it's, I think I've had really great experiences and great mentors, uh, great female mentors, great male mentors, I feel very lucky and very fortunate. Uh, we've had great, uh, great people that have been before me in KCO um, and who have been at various cities, you know, who've held uh, higher positions like building official, you know, as, as females, as women. So I'm, I'm very fortunate um, to be uh, the president of KCO as a female and to be able to have a voice in that and to make sure that I'm celebrating these women prof- uh, who are in our code profession um, to make sure that they know that they are appreciated and respected. Uh, I'm very thankful that our board feels the same way as well. And we're very supportive of the women leaders in code enforcement. <clears throat> and that's obviously ran by um, Susi Muela. And, you know, tried to support and partner with her this year with their conference. Uh, I think it's very, very important to make sure that women lift each other up instead of tearing each other down. Um, you know, we can, we can have some pretty mean catty people. Hmm. <laughs> Women are not very nice to each other at times. That's and crazy. I can tell you that, uh, from my experience with everyone that's on the KCO board, we are so supportive of each other, the men, the women, all of us, it doesn't matter what gender you are. It matters about, you know, what, what kind of person you are and, you know, what kind of job you're doing. So that's what it comes down to. That's awesome. I, I know you said you started this uh, position with KCO in October. So you're coming up what on your year anniversary soon. Um, are those some of the challenges that you've had is just being a woman when you're talking about networking and growing the uh, association and trying to find these different companies and stuff like that? Or is it just different challenges just because it's the nature of what you're trying to do? I think just the nature of what I'm trying to do. Yeah, that's good to hear. That's not like directly related to, you know, being a woman. No, it's really interesting because, uh, you know, different demographics in different cities, right? This is the different comparisons to, to where I've worked. Um, it's, you have to acclimate to certain situations. Um, you know, in Escondido, it's a predominantly Hispanic community. Um, and uh, the I speak Spanish. I had to adapt and um, and speak Spanish to um, you know the the community members here, and it's I, I just try to compare it to that really. Um, and then with Poway, uh, there <clears throat> are not a lot of Hispanics in that community, and I wasn't able to translate at all. I think I translated twice in the entire time that I was there, yeah. where I translating, you know, 20 times a day over at Escondido, you know, it's very, very different, but, you know, I think 
when you're going to someone's door to tell them that they can't do something on their property as a female, you know, in certain situations, it's not going to come across very well. So you have to utilize, you know, your verbal skills a lot more. I think you really have to, um, I think you, you're looked at a little bit differently uh, and in certain situations. And I think it's important that you do utilize those, those verbal skills a lot better as a, as a female. No, no, I've, I've worked with colleagues that, you know, are female and they've said very similar things to you, almost identical to, you kind of have to use your verbal judo more. You have to put yourselves in a position of, I'll say a greater command presence, but you kind of have to like show people that you're not going to be pushed around just because you're a female. Right. So, but that doesn't mean coming across as, as a butthead uh, either. Right. I don't, I, I hate that because yeah. I just had a really great class um, through Cornell university. It was a women in leadership class. And there's this fine line because, you know, there's lots of females that think that they do have to come across that way. Right. Yeah. And come across as being, overly hard and then they're seen in a different light but if a man does that then they're seen as being um, a leader they're seen as being strong so there's a happy medium that you really have a challenge with um, as a female Mm. but I think there's you know there's a, a way to do it and a way to come across where you don't have to be like that yeah no, it's true. You don't have to be like ultra hard and something you're not, and you don't have to be a pushover either. So no, I just think, I think being able to speak your mind and, um, you know, be intelligent and be a professional. Yes. yes. And, and that's, that's how it goes. And be confident. Yeah. And confident. Talk about it. yeah confidence yeah. will carry you far. Yeah. I've, I've, I think that the confidence thing is huge, uh, but it doesn't have to, I'm really, really big on this. It doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be rude or mean or come across that way. It's just being, being confident and humble. Humility is really important. No, it's, that's huge. Um, You know, with, you talked about different partnerships and things coming up, anything that you'd like to share that's in the works that uh, maybe people want to know about as far as a KCO, anything you can share? What can I share? I can share that our conference is coming up. Obviously, we've changed the name from seminar to conference. Okay. Really, really, really excited about that. And that's New branding be- on there. I saw that. It looks good. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be in Orange like County. Yeah. Orange County this year. Going to be a good time. Uh, October 25th to the 27th. And it's always a good time. We have fantastic speakers this year. It's just really exciting. I feel like every year it gets better and better. Yeah. I really do. Uh, it, I'm very proud of our uh, our conference committee. Uh, we do have a new management company as well. Okay. That's exciting, and uh, that's just that will be going live as of July 1st. We're going okay. with uh, Four Arc Management, and yeah, great people. Uh, we have a lot going on right now, so uh, we also will will be having our education modules um, online. So our actual one, two, and three modules will be available on demand here shortly, which is very exciting. That's for big. That's huge. huge. Yeah, that's a that's a big deal to be able to do that on demand because people's schedules and stuff like that, they're not always able to get the time to go to those modules in person. Yes, absolutely. Uh, 
in, in regards to legislation, like I said, you know, we're excited that SB 296 passed is huge for our profession um, and focusing on various forms of officer safety um, and, you know, working with um, various coalitions and yeah, just trying to, trying to make sure that we keep our officers safe and keep the community safe and getting the word out and really focusing on that outreach part of it too, you know, in schools, you said something earlier, earlier, Shane, with, um, you know, people don't really grow up and want to be a code officer, right? Yeah. (laughs) Well, that's the sense right now. Yeah. Well, I mean, well, no one knows what they do. It's, you know, that's a part of the problem. Yeah. That needs to change. So, you know, I, I really have a passion for outreach and I think that, uh, we've got great people on the board who share that passion and getting that information out, going to schools, going to high schools, going to elementary schools and doing the career days and talking to these, talking to these kids and talking to the youth about, you know, what we do. And you don't have to be a police officer or a fireman, uh, to make a difference in your community or to contribute. There's so many other ways to really make a difference, uh, where you live or, you know, in the community next door, uh, that, you know, really affect uh, other people and, and help people. Yeah, no, that's, that's, I don't know. I think that's good because I kind of, my own little story, I fell into code enforcement through the law enforcement side. Once again, had no idea what it was just kind of like, Oh, this seems like an impact the community. It's closely related. This seems like it fits my personality more. So um, if I knew about it, obviously, you know, 15 years before I even started, you know, we're in high school or at a high school. I mean, what a jump if you're able to get in this type of profession from um, an earlier start. And especially now getting, you know, you can get associates and stuff in code enforcement. It's even, you know, the options are endless. I think now if you could get it started earlier. Isn't that exciting? San Diego, San Diego College has the, uh, the first associate's degree program for code enforcement. That Which is, is crazy to even say. Phenom- right. It's phenomenal. I mean, it's just absolutely amazing. Sergio has done such a great job with that program. And I'm just, I'm really proud of, of him and uh, the college being able to do that. Yeah, no, it's way cool. Uh, maybe, um, I don't know, maybe uh, regarding the code conference, you'll see the uh, code locker podcast. They're doing a live thing. I don't know. Maybe. Oh my gosh. Will you guys do that? That would be fantastic. Going live from the code conference. Are you inviting us? I'm inviting you guys. I think it'd be fantastic. Oh my God. We would love to do that. That would be amazing. <laughs> like, I don't, yeah, I don't, we'll have to talk on how to do that. We, that would, that's amazing. We would love to do something live from there and just, that would be really cool. I think for the profession. Talk, talk shop with some people. Conference. Yeah. Right. That would that be. Would- fun <laughs> yes oh my gosh the, the local uh, radio show hosts are here yeah great yeah a bunch of yahoos that's what we'll do <laughs> oh man that's cool well that yeah we're gonna have to make that work that's exciting stuff for us to be able to do that as far as code enforcement goes we kind of all know like the negative stuff that's out there and the, the cliches and things so it's it's cool that we're gonna be have the opportunity to do that interact with people on a very real basis that's not I don't know, like point and shoot questions and very robotic and, oh, this is what I do. And here's my certs. It's like, that. that's fine. But like, what do you do? Like, who right. are you as a person? Right. Lighten and, it up. Yeah. Yeah. You know what, though? It's up to it's up to us to, to rewrite that story. 
yep. Yep. to the public, to legislators, to everyone to be able to really write the story of code enforcement and what we do for our community. Because it, if you look at it and step back for a minute, it's, it's phenomenal. We're really helping people, especially with substandard housing. Um, you know, that's, that is huge. Yeah. Now, if you look at the communities uh, who are really in need of, you know, property maintenance issues, what a huge difference those before and after pictures are. Oh, yeah. You know, I really uh, promote and, and try to, you know, suggest people bring those pictures um, to their directors and their council um, and show what code enforcement's doing. Show them what your teams are doing, um, you know, because we really are making a difference. Yeah, it's crazy what... Um... For as little as what's known about code enforcement, I guess, from outside of the code enforcement world, how much we actually do and yeah. how we impact communities. It may not seem like it overnight, that's for sure, but it definitely gets done. No, and as we all know, a lot of things kind of get given to us. <laughs> yes, inherited. Inherited, where because they don't, people don't know where to put these things. So oh, it's, yeah. so we have opportunities like I, I like to call them opportunities to be able to think outside the box. It's an opportunity. With open it's, arms. An op- it's an opportunity. Correct. It is. They are opportunities. Opportunities. Yes. I think it's fantastic. Your email is very professional. And then you turn around, look at your colleague. Like, can you believe this? That's what, <laughs> that's what happens. Yeah. This, uh, this job's ever changing. It's, it's, I like, and I think we all agree what it's, what we're seeing happen every year that goes by. It's becoming more defined. It's more respected. It's it, as an actual profession um, and not just a kind of in the shadows type of thing. And I remember uh, Matt Silver once said um, uh, not too long ago when, uh, in a meeting or something that he, he was really pushing the idea that, you know, as a, as a profession nationwide, we really need to always focus on the positives of what we do and right. really just keep that energy going forward. It's not just you know, that yes, we can write citations and we can go, you know, get warrants for things, but we're cleaning up properties. Like you said, Jamie, with the before and after photos, uh, really sharing the community that this profession makes an impact and we have tough days. Uh, We deal with um, sometimes very irate individuals, uh, which, which can take a wear on us. And that's why we're here to support each other. But at the end of the day, you look at what this profession does and every year that goes on, I think we're just continuing to add value to this profession as a whole. Um, and I wanted to ask you, because you see what goes on with KCO and education, what's, what's that vibe that you're seeing or that you feel going forward is, is there a growing interest in getting certified and, and getting that training to join this profession? Uh, absolutely. And I kind of want to backtrack just a bit. I'm so glad you brought Matt up because um, you reminded me of the fact that there are really two people that I've known since, um, I started, um, with KCO and with, you know, really being involved with the code enforcement profession. And, you know, Matt Silver is absolutely amazing. Uh, he has worked so hard, um, for our members with, um, you know, lot, but we're working with our lobbyists for, officer safety. He wrote SB 296. I mean, and he's not just an attorney. He's also a certified code enforcement officer. 
which is, you know, amazing and uh, speaks volumes for him. But that positive note that Matt brings and um, the other person with that is my fiance, Johnny Turfer, who was, <clears throat> uh, works for uh, the city of Eastvale as a director and he oversees um, their, their code program. But those two people in my life have really focused on that positive story and positive impact uh, on code enforcement and really making sure that um, their teams and their, you know, their board members, everyone involved or around them focuses on that positive aspect of it. So thank you for bringing that up. But uh, in regards to obtaining certification, absolutely. You know, our classes are packed, are packed. Um, you know, every time we have a module um, and now we're starting to go back in person for our modules um, have been, you know, sold out. So that's the, that's the beauty of having those modules actually recorded and on demand because no one will be turned away. <laughs> those classes don't fill up because there's no seats to fill up. People can attend when they want to. They don't have to, their jurisdictions don't have to pay for travel. They don't have to pay for, you know, lodging and all those other things that go along with things because yeah. we know time is tough and, you know, <clears throat> budgets are tight. Um, so this gives people really the opportunity from, you know, all over the, uh, all over the state of California to be able to obtain that certification. Yeah, that's, that's great. Yeah. It's, I don't know, it's cool to be able to do that. Cause like we said, the fact that you can do it on demand, I know, especially with people that are trying to get in code enforcement or aren't already with an agency, um, they give people that option to do it from the comfort of their own home or wherever they're at to get that certification to help their careers is awesome. Yeah, absolutely. So are, are you seeing that in a lot of um, the classes? It's people that aren't even, I guess, in the code enforcement world yet, or is it yeah. kind of a mix or what do you, what are we getting these days? It sounds like it's been a lot more. Um, it's been, it's increased, I should say. Okay. Uh, who are not hired on somewhere, almost like um, an open enrollee at the police academy, yep. you know, um, they used to be few and far between. Um, and now it seems like it's increasing. And when I was talking to, um, Sergio Verino with Santiago, he was saying something similar that we do, um, see an influx in the number of people who are not hired on and putting themselves through. I think that's absolutely that's pretty cool. That's fantastic. Especially yeah. when going to, to apply for those jobs. Right. And that's on their resume. It's impressive. You know, they're putting themselves, you know, through these classes, paying for them themselves. They're taking their own time because they're interested in it and they're putting forth that effort. Yeah. If they got the, the drive to do it and, you know, they also have the personality to fit, then that's pretty that, cool. It's pretty cool to see. And that was something that for me, got me my, my first full-time job was doing the uh, modules on my own time and uh, paying for it as my first uh, supervisor told me on my own time and dime. And I actually was interviewing uh, for that city and there's some managers that I ended up growing to meet and network with down the road, but they were on the panel. I actually came in second place with no experience, um, just had the certifications. Um, but that's actually what took me from second place to first place uh, with the director and the supervisor was the fact that I went out and did those certifications on my own time and dime. They saw the initiative and the passion for it and, yeah. and they went with me and it, cool. it became success. And so 
that's one of the things I do recommend to people is if you really want to get in the profession is get the training, look for opportunities to volunteer part-time work, um, but make that effort. And that's actually one of our code officers that we just promoted uh, over the last year. She went got her certification training, uh, went and volunteered for another city and got that experience so that when this opportunity popped up, she was ready. And I think that's what you have to do is take the initiative. Yeah. If you definitely have an ability to go to these classes and this is something that you want to do, it's not going to hurt at all to put on your resume and compete with everybody else as a unemployed, you know, individual with the city trying to get hired. I mean, it definitely would look good. No one's going to ever, you know, poo poo you for, uh, you know, it's wasting your money on classes or anything like that. No poo pooing. Well, and there's a lot of C's I've seen so far that have actually added it either as desired or required on the job flyers. Yep, absolutely. So that says a lot. You come in already with your certifications. That's your, got your foot in the door. Well, that was uh, some good information. I I liked learning about uh, your involvement with KCO and and your different uh, cities that you've worked for, your experiences, and, and then the fortune telling of what's ahead of us in the future. Uh, this has been a, a fun episode for us. Yeah. Me too. Thank you guys so much for having me. And you cook and sing. Oh my God. Johnny is a lucky man. Oh, I'm lucky. He's amazing. <laughs> hey, Johnny. Hey, shout out Johnny. Johnny's a good guy. <laughs> also, you hear him in the background. Hello. I know. Hello. <laughs> yes. <No. laughs> we have an audience in here. You just can't yes. see him. I know, right? He's right. been staring at me the whole time. <laughs> So, uh, yeah. And, uh, thanks for the invite to the code conference. Yeah. We'd love to, uh, yeah, go live and talk to some people and, uh, push that out that, uh, code locker is going to be live from the code conference. Going to be live from the code conference. I love it. That's going to be out of control. Your (laughs) laptops ready. Yes. Laptops, headphones, the whole whole setup. Cool. Jockeys. Yeah. Well, thank you. We, yeah, we definitely appreciate your time um, and uh, look forward to future uh, networking opportunities and maybe even coming back to the code locker when time allows. Yeah. Sounds fantastic. I'll, I'll come by anytime. Thank All you. Right. Thank you, Jamie. Well, until thanks. next time, you guys. What was that? You had something to say? Who, me? Jamie. Oh. Or did she leave? No. no. Oh, that was it. Okay. I thought you said, I thought you said something. Okay. All right. Never mind. Jamie. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Till next time. Till next time. Thanks for joining us on the code locker. Be sure to message us for questions or topics you'd like to hear. If you're enjoying the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. Remember friend, stay safe out there.